with all this uncertainty, all this stuff that's going on, what are two things you can actually control to make a difference in your business? Well, the answers are business mindset and nurturing relationships or creating new relationships. But anyways, I'm going to go deep into those two different things with my guest today, Kim Kent. Welcome to Storytelling Secrets. This is the podcast for coaches, consultants, and course creators who want to unlock their core stories and use the stories to sell more online. It's a place to master persuasion and influence so you can build a deep relationship with your audience. And it's a place where real-world marketing strategies, tips, and lessons are shared freely. If that interests you, then you're in the right place. Hi, I'm Jules Dan, and I've battled my way from being a broke group fitness instructor to a full-time, in-demand, freelance email copywriter. Now, I'm ready to get to work. Follow along on my journey as I share my everyday hard-won lessons. I'm Jules Dan, and this is Storytelling Secrets. Okay, so I preface this episode as... You know what are what are two things you can control in 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 your life that really make a difference, especially in business, and obviously that's your mindset. So the things that the things the thoughts that you have, and the relationships that you create and nurture. Now, obviously, there is two really powerful stuff because you can control it. There are other powerful forces you can't control, like the weather, like the the economy, like politics, and uh, it, it's really easy to get caught up in that stuff that you can't control. Um, and, and though we'd with my guest today, Kim Kent, we're not necessarily going to be speaking about those things. There were situations where in her business struggles where she kind of felt like, why me? She felt like, I, I keep trying this and it's just not working. Um, and those are all situations where you just like, it's like best time to reflect and be like, how can I, how can I do things differently? What are things I can control? And that's what we're going to talk about on the podcast today. So my guest today is Kim Kent. So she has been in the network marketing industry for about seven years and she she's pretty she's a pretty cool story. You know, she climbed the rank of like absolute novice to the top of that industry in two years. So even if you're not network marketing industry, I'm just going to let you know there are some damn good lessons in here on creating relationships and fostering a really good business mindset. So don't disqualify yourself from listening to this if you're not into network marketing. She's also the host of the Babe You've Got This podcast. I try to get on there. I try to pitch myself as the first male babe, but unfortunately, I couldn't I couldn't make it. I was unsuccessful. <laughs> Jokes aside though, she's, she's a really good human being. She's 29, super driven, super switched on, um, and I knew she'd be a lot of value to bring to you guys uh, for this for this show, I'll leave a podcast. I'll leave an Instagram. Um, those are probably the best two things in the description below. Otherwise, let's get into the conversation today with Kim Kent. Welcome back to Storytelling Secrets. I'm here with Kim Kent, and she's. We're going to be talking about all things, you know, mindset, uh, business success, and self worth, and uh, really interesting topics we're going to cover. But Kim, I was wondering if you could, you know, we're both Aussies here. That's that's a cool thing as well. I wonder if you could uh, introduce yourself, hook us in with uh, an intriguing story of how you got started because you've been doing this for about a decade. Yeah. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> so awesome to be on your podcast and I'm really uh, honoured and humbled and so grateful that you reached out um, to me because I just, I love getting out of my comfort zone. 
I feel like that's a lie in itself because we actually love getting out of the comfort zone, but I love um, attracting opportunities that are going to get me out of my comfort zone. And this is one of them. So, oh my gosh, a story about me. 10, well, 10 years, I've been 10 years in the health and wellness industry. I kind of fell into, oh gosh, how long have we got? I'm a ballerina. I used to be a ballerina for 17 years. I was all, I always grew up in the, like health was just such a big topic in my life, health and the lack of money. So low self-worth, anxiety, health, uh, kind of like the bad side of health. Um, I grew up all around that. And I feel like it, it, I fell into the industry that I'm in because um, I just had this passion to make sure I was healthy and I didn't live a life like my parents were living as much as I love them. And I'm sure so many people can relate. Mm. And I went to study because I was like, I have to be successful. Like I have to earn money. I can't be broke and I can't be poor like the way I grew up. And I thought I had to go study like a million different bachelors and degrees. So I went and did that. And at the end of it, I like this opportunity to actually be a businesswoman and an entrepreneur came into my lap and everything kind of just fell into place from there. And yeah, so that's a bit of a, that's like the shortest background story of how I got into business. The, the 30 second story, I just fell into business and it all just happened really well. Yeah. Clearly, clearly there's going to be a few roadblocks, a few struggles, especially um, upstairs in our, you know, like in our brain where we tell ourselves so many crazy things, you know, but so let, let's, can we sort of like unpack, you know, you first started into business um can you can you I still want to unpack that story like how did that happen how did it fall into your lap well I think at the time I didn't see it as falling into my lap but when I look back you know you realize everything happens in divine timing so I always had that entrepreneurial um drive so I even when I was at uni, I started working as a personal trainer on the side, like literally and, and doing massage from home, like any way that I could make money. I was really resourceful. Um, I, it definitely came from my drive of like never having money and feeling like we're always struggling when I was a kid, mm. but I didn't actually understand or I wasn't clear or conscious of the fact that I was actually being a businesswoman. Like I was actually hustling to make money as well as, you know, getting employment, trading time for money and doing yep. what, you know, society tells you to do. Um, and it <laughs> yeah. wasn't, it was when so I was in my last year of university and I had to do 500 hours of work experience. And for those of you who don't understand work experience, like 500 hours, it's like that's, full time. That's rough. It's rough. That's, full time, I did, unpaid. I did 140 hours and I thought that was a torture. 500 oh, no. is neck 500. level. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And they, they expect you to like, like I didn't have government help like financially. I actually couldn't get it for the situation. I don't know how I got myself into a situation where I couldn't get it. And I was too proud at the time to ask for, like ask the government, like to try and work it out. Now being a taxpayer myself, I'm like, if you are entitled to, and you're studying and you're entitled to government help, like go for it because I wish I took my taxpayer money back then. But the blessing in it is, is I had to be really resourceful. So working 500 hours of practice, so unpaid, um, mm-hmm. you know, I wanted a social life too because I was like, what, 21, 22, when was this? Last year of university, I was 24, turning 24. 
gosh, it feels like forever ago. And I actually, I actually discovered the world of network marketing. So I didn't realize what it was. A friend came to me and said, like, you're into healthcare. I'm like, why don't you have a look at what we do? Um, I fell in love with the products. Like I studied all of, I spent years studying about exercise and exercise rehabilitation. And I realized like I'm helping rehabilitate and treat people from lifestyle disease. Why can't I help prevent it? Lifestyle disease is preventable. And um, it was in that same time that I was introduced to the world of whole food nutrition Mm-hmm. and the holistic side of things so I have this science background and now I'm learning about more of the spiritual holistic wellness side of things and I fell in love with the product the program and the the community that's you know out there that's all about that positivity the wellness that keeping things natural all that jazz and I joined the business side because I was a broke AF I don't know if I can swear on your podcast. You can. You can <laughs> swear on this podcast. I have a potty mouth. I am Australian. So, yeah, I was broke as fuck, um, you know, working in this prac and also studying and trying to have a social life. And the idea of I could work for myself and work online around my own time and take it step by step and learn as I go, yep. um, it, my ears pricked up. I was like... Um, Hella, yes. Like, what do I need to do? And so this was, yeah, this was just at the seven years ago mark. And that's where I feel like I kind of fell into learning how to be a businesswoman and, and learning what it takes to be an entrepreneur and, and to run a business. Cause I was, I, I didn't, I like, I didn't learn any business other than falling into it. Does that make sense? Like, <laughs> yeah, you're like, you were forced to learn it because you were, you had to be resourceful. And it's like you said, yeah. um, Either either keep going down the road of massage and PT, um, or create a life of your own. I mean, it's something something's going to give. And, and obviously, not everyone wants to pick the the harder option, which is uh, put 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 the effort in and and struggle for a couple of years. So I'm going to guess, did that happen with your network marketing biz for the first couple of years? Oh my gosh. Okay, so like, I am all about the honesty and being um, vulnerable. Like, yeah. There is so many struggles and challenges when it comes to business and like the person I am today. So I'm 29 now. I'm almost 30. If you met me seven years ago, coming out of uni, I was also like working hospitality as well. So I was only like what, $20 an hour staying up till like 1am in the morning, waiting tables, cleaning dishes, just to make ends meet. Um, The person I was then is I was a massive victim person. Like I never took like responsibility as much as I had drive to earn money. I had this like inner drive to be successful. I never truly want, uh, like I was always quick to blame other things. I was always quick to uh, whinge about the struggles and the complaints. And yeah, it was, oh gosh, like seriously, I could talk so much about this. I love it. The person I was back then, you would never pick me to be a businesswoman like the person I am today. So Keep asking me questions because I'm that's on a tangent. I could feel it coming. Well, no, well, that's actually a really good point you brought up. Like to be, that's a really critical lesson I learned this year. It's like 100% responsibility in everything. Everything is your fault. Um, and when you accept that, it's just freeing. Um, but here's, here's, here's a little thing. Like this is the Storytelling Secrets podcast. They know all about me and my little tricks and how you persuade people to buy 
we can't think like that as business owners. But when we sell to people, it's okay to use a scapegoat. It's okay to say it's not their fault. But like you said, you have to sort of learn to put it in your head like there's 100% responsibility. Otherwise, you just can't move on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so I think if like people listening, like you're obviously listening because you're in some form of business or you have some kind of goal or vision that you want to create. And the only way that we could ever create success in our life is, as you said, taking full and sole responsibility. And that's responsibility for how we show like our thoughts. Like, so I've had to learn to take responsibility for my thoughts, my actions, my energy, and also the, how, the energy of others and how I had to take responsibility of how I wanted others to perceive me and to how I wanted them to have me in their life, if that makes sense. And it, it is, it's challenging. It's, it's really fucking hard to take responsibility because we have an ego and business people have huge egos. Otherwise we wouldn't, if we didn't have a huge ego and didn't want that significance and to make yeah. a big contribution, we wouldn't be fucking driven. Like we would just, we would be happy following the stereotype of the nine to five. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if you're someone like me and I know like you, Julian, like we don't want that. We don't want to be a part of like, we don't want to be a part of the masses. Like we want to have control of our life and our lifestyle and, and how we show up and, and what we create. Um, yeah, we've got to take that responsibility. And it was really hard for me at the start to acknowledge the fact that everything that was I felt was going wrong or was hard like the rejection, the judgment, the perceived failure. It was really hard for me to take responsibility of that because it was so easy to put the blame on other things around me, whether it was events, situations, materialistic things, people, whatever it was. And my first, I have to say, the first six months of me growing, like starting network marketing, um, I treated it like a hobby. But I can tell you, like, my, who's now my best friend, my upline in the business, she, gosh, I don't know how she dealt with me. Like, I complained. I was so hungry to succeed, but I complained about everything. Like, why am I not getting any customers or sales? Why is it, why are these people bailing on my events that I'm running? Why is this and that? And I just would not look in the mirror and stop and realize that, you know, my favorite, one of my favorite sayings is, if it is to be, it's up to me. And I, ju I just did not want to take that self-responsibility um, because I, I didn't want to admit that things going wrong and my failure was my own fault. Like the ego just doesn't want to admit that. The ego wants to be right. Um, and then once it was about that six-month mark and then I started to realise like business, if I want to succeed in business, I have to grow. Like my businesses will only grow if I grow. And I started to slowly dip my toe into the world of personal development, mm -hmm. um, expanding. Like I'm a big person of science meets spirituality, right? It's the same thing. It really is the same thing. But I was very masculine energy, very sciencey, right, wrong, all that jazz. And I had to really step into my heart space and like open up that side of things and break down the barriers that were holding me back from like understanding and taking self-responsibility. So that kind of happened. And by the first year in business, like I had this huge shift. Um, do you want to ask more questions? Cause I already feel like well, I was going to say, what was the catalyst? What, like, yeah. what was the catalyst for you? Just, just not every day. You just wake up and be like, 
I think should I think I should think differently today. I'm going to start now. Like normally it's because some sort of event or crisis that you just have to force thinking differently. That happened to me earlier this year during COVID. I chucked all my shit into a car, 400 bucks, no clients, no leads. Uh, I was riding on Upwork for very little money. And um, I came here to Adelaide to be with my girlfriend right with COVID was just going haywire. So much uncertainty, but that was the crisis for me. And I like, I have to think differently right now. So I'm curious to know, maybe it's not as dramatic, but what, what was it for you? Oh, I think mine wasn't, mine definitely wasn't, wasn't excuse me, as dramatic. It was more the, 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 the ripple effect, like the slow little things one after another. And I had this, I had this huge so we know that um, just to backtrack, we have there's six basic human needs, right? Mm-hmm. One of them is significance. Now, my whole life growing up, I never felt good enough. I never felt I was the eldest child. Um, I was a high achiever in all the smart classes, all this stuff, and I just constantly craved my parents' approval. I genuinely felt like, if I look back now, I can see the love, but back then I felt like they didn't love me. Like my, I don't remember my parents being happy together. They divorced. I felt like I was constantly striving to do good enough, to, to be good enough. So I had really low self-worth. Um, and then like, so coming into the world of business, especially coming into an, a community, and I, this is what I love about network marketing, is you come into this supportive network where everyone wants the best for you. And I wanted to take it to the top. Like I, I wanted to be recognised and be significant so much that that was, the, that was what kept me going. So no matter how many times I complained and felt like it was hard and sat in my struggles, there was this deep inner burning desire to have significance and to feel good enough. And that's where it was very slow processes where I started to listen more. And I think this is a big key because when you're in your ego, when I was in my ego, I didn't want to listen. I knew everything. I didn't want to listen to others. So as I slowly started to, like, okay, Kim, like I'm keep on hitting this wall. I'm following the successful people that have gone before me and they're saying success leaves clues, follow the people that have gone before you. So I slowly started to listen and I was like, well, if I copy what they're doing, if I duplicate success, I'm going to be, I'm going to get the significance that they have. And that's really what drove me in that, in the first couple of years of business. And then it wasn't until a year and a half in, like, so I finished my prac, I got my degree, my second degree. I actually couldn't get a job as an exercise physiologist. There was none. So I just like spent four years of my life getting a degree, two degrees that if the only way I could get a job is if I worked shift work at a hospital, working with people near deathbed. And I'm like, I actually can't do that. Nah. Like, I, I just, no. Nah. And I fell into the world of Pilates teaching. So I did that on the side. So I was building my online business, um, which was earning a part-time income. And I was teaching part-time Pilates, well, actually full-time Pilates, which is about 27 hours a week. But to me, it was like a part-time income. And then that was, I did that for about 10 months. So I was about almost just over a year and a half in my business. And it's the first time in my life I've ever been let go or sacked from a job. Ever because my folk, like, I'll be so honest, the company, the business I was doing Pilates for, they wanted to me that me to be the admin, the salesperson, the Pilates instructor. They wanted me to be their little shit kicker. And Run the whole I, business basically. Yeah, but I was getting paid minimum wage, right? 
And I had this passion and burning desire to build my own business. I was just teaching Pilates because I loved it. So apparently there was no room left on the timetable for me, even though I was their full-time instructor. <laughs> so I was like, you're talking so much shit right now, but if that's what helps you, let me go. And I was let go and I was earning. So I'll, I'll be really honest. I was earning about $2,000 a month in my side business. And I was earning about $3,000 a month with teaching Pilates. So $5,000 is a pretty good wicket you can live off, especially I was out of home living by myself. And I remember ringing up my best friend, who's my upline in my business. And I was like, oh my God, what the hell? I've never been let go from a job before. Like I've always been the one to quit. My ego is taking a massive beating right now. Yep. I've got to pay rent. Oh my God, I've got to pay bills. And all these self-worth issues and all this money anxiety that I've only just started to get on top of all came flooding back. And my best friend was like, Kim, you earn two grand a month on Juice Plus. That's $500 a week. That's more than you earned at uni a year ago. You And you lived out of home with no help. You can do this. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're right. And because I had stepped into a space of my income had halved, so there was this, this desire to, to make sure to, to up the money again so I can keep living the life that I've just created, that's where it really hit me that I'm like, either I can go get another paid-by-the-hour time trading job and build up someone else's dream and maybe get some time off during the year. I, look, I didn't even get a thank you card when I left. Like, not that I didn't you card. But- <laughs> and if you can, yeah. Um, and I was like, I can either do that or I can build something for myself where I know the work I put in now, it, it's going to pay off later as well. It's not just like in employment, you work hard for now, you get paid now. The minute you stop, you don't keep getting paid. Where when you build your own business, especially something that you build to build residual income, the work you do now will still pay you later as well. So that was kind of, that was the turning point where I really made, I made a decision to not just put in like 50, 60% to go 100%. So yeah. So that was the catalyst for you is what you're saying. You, yeah. You put, you, yeah. So uh, I, I, I've, I thoroughly believe that adversity, uh, I think Napoleon Hill said it, it's like plants a seed of opportunity plants a seed is is the key word it doesn't give you an opportunity because you have to go out and make it happen um so then i'm going to imagine like what was some other sort of a major okay so you, you start you're on 2k a month on your own um you're doing some network marketing what were some other uh you know mindset roadblocks that you had to face once you st- okay let's just say you started making more of a comfortable living um, but to get to the next level, you can imagine there was something stopping your way. Okay. So I've got lots of things. Um, we'll be here all day if I keep taking you yeah. through the timeline. Yeah, let's not do that. Let's the, do the highlight reel. <laughs> the highlight reel. So one of the biggest lessons, and so in the next year and a half of that, I built all the way to the top of the company. And my, I remember standing on stage at the conference giving my speech um, and I shared my biggest lesson and it was, it's not about me. It's, it's just not about me. And my whole life, I was so consumed with making it about me that I never wanted to care about other people because I was so caught up in my own anxiety. And when I learned that in building business, it is, it's not about you. It's about who you can help. 
It's about the impact you can make. Yeah. And I, I think it's so powerful because this, this lesson relates to everything and still to this day, this is what I coach my team now on and my coaching clients on is we have the three, there's three main fears when building a business and we experience them relative to our journey and it's the fear of failure, the fear of success and the fear of judgment. And everyone has a fear of failure, but the thing is we manifest failure all the time because we don't feel like we're winning, we're failing. But with failure comes the lessons and you don't want to win 24-7 because there's not, nothing to learn in winning. Yep. Um, there was the fear, the fear of success, which I'll talk about. This is like the second half of the journey. But I had this massive fear of judgment. And all it was is when we have a fear of judgment, we just make it, we're making it about ourselves. All we're thinking about is ourselves. But the thing is, if everyone's thinking about themselves, no one else is judging anyone else. And I used to think that, oh, I'm going to get rejected. Like people are going to judge me and wonder what I'm doing and say bad things about me. And don't get yep. me wrong. Yep. I still got that through the whole journey. Even now, like I have people who think what I do is stupid. And I'm like, well, that's, that's your prerogative. And you know what? I'm probably like, maybe I'm happier than you in my life. Like, I don't know. Like people are still going to judge, but I used to let the fear of other people's opinions hold me back from helping that one person who actually needed my help. And I think it's so important because if you're sitting, and like I always talk like this, like if you're sitting right now listening and you, you have a business and you have a service or a product that you provide and you're so afraid or you're afraid of what people might think, but even just doing that social media post to share your offerings like you are being so damn selfish because what if there's that one person waiting for you to come and save them with what you have or to come and help their problem or whatever it is. So I learned that I was just really fucking selfish and I cared so much about what other people thought that I let it get in the way of my own action of what I wanted to create. So that's that a really good reminder because I always, not always, I regularly get, because I like to post controversial not controversial but just you know stuff that gets attention on on linkedin or in my email today i think i don't know if you saw it but it was about a controversial doctor implanted goat testicles and sometimes i'm like i'm sometimes i'm thinking what the hell are my clients going to think about me and that is the huge fear running through me uh my coach is like it's it's like if it's if it's who you are and it's the person you want to, you want to attract and you like to do this, this sort of stuff to grab attention and you know, it will help them. That's the main thing. And you know, it will help them then do it. And yeah, uh, I loved it, your email. Well, I haven't read it cause I hadn't <laughs> checked my emails yet, but I um, did see it pop up and all I saw was like the word testicle. And I'm like, <laughs> is this, I don't know if the, what's the word I run. What's the word? I'm like, Oh God, this guy's had some balls to like, <laughs> this but this is, this is the thing is right. I don't get offended by your, cause I am so much more closer to like my authentic self and I'm so much more accepting of who I am. Yeah. I'm not going to judge other people because I'm like, that's just who they are. And I fucking love them for that. If it, it's, it's a really good activity that if you find yourself judging other people, I can guarantee that your fear of judgment, you're, you're manifesting that. And then you are going to have people judge you and comment on your and, and reflect back to you the fear of judgment that you have. Like if you if you love the person you are and you accept the person you are and it's a journey, there's never a destination in it, but you're yeah. more accepting that yourself, Julian, like you don't like, this is who you are. People, the right people are going to love you 
for what you share and they're going to be attracted to it because they're at that same level. Like they don't have, they, if they have any fear of judgment or if you do, it's at that smaller level compared to maybe the people who have a bigger fear of it. Yeah. Makes total sense. Yeah. And uh, it's the reason why I got quite a few unsubscribes today, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, but that's their problem. Like, that's fine. Exactly. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. It's, I was comfortable. I'm like, let's filter the list today. Bang, send. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Um, sorry. Uh, curious you brought me up. You, you just like, you just casually slipped this in. Oh, I'm at the top of the company. Um, can I hear some of the uh, marketing tactics? Not tactics. No, no, no. I don't want to talk about tactics, but like, what are some good... Uh, yeah, good marketing strategies for you to, to just work your way out. And just so we're clear, this is network marketing where you are inviting someone else to sell the same thing as you to help and do the same thing over and over and over, basically. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of different strategies. And look, network marketing, um, I'm, I've been in it seven years now. I've made, it, it works. The, the business model, it's not even an industry. It's a business model. It does work. The reason why there is a stigma around it is because because anyone can do it. People who are not prepared to grow, are not prepared to be teachable, who have no business mindset or whatever, they come in, they try it for a few months and then they say it doesn't work and they quit and then they go around saying that it doesn't work. It doesn't work if you don't work it, right? Like, you know, there's in traditional business, the, the bosses would employ you based on your background and your training. The beautiful thing about network marketing is anyone can come in and do it, right? But the downside is anyone can come in and do it. So the the business model, it does work. If you work it and you be teachable, it works. So one of the strategies, oh gosh, I've I've implemented. So I actually started, how crazy is this? Like I'm 29 and I feel like a veteran because when I started network marketing, Facebook wasn't even a place where people used it as a marketing tool. Like I still wrote, um, I did Facebook statuses where like you writing a text message. Do you yeah, those yeah, days? I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. So I, my strategies were like, you've got to be consistent every single day and it is reaching out and building relationships and, and making friends, like making that's, new friendships. That's what I was going to ask. Let's, let's focus on the relationship building side because yeah. I think that will be a lot more applicable to my audience, whether they're in network marketing or not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, building a relationship You've got to do it. Like I used to, when I first started, because I wasn't teachable and I went out and it was all about Kim, it was all about my ego and my success. I went out spamming and building a relationship per se, but with all intention and agenda to sell. And what happened was I copped all of the bullshit from my friends and family. Like, Kim, what are you doing? You're annoying us. I was just so passionate. I loved it, but I wasn't prepared to learn the correct you just saw dollar signs work. behind them. Yeah. And when I shifted this, and this is what you've got to do, you've got to shift the way you, you still want to go out and build relationships because people don't buy, people don't buy your product or service. They buy you, right? Um, there's no brand new product or service out there. Everything is built off the back of another idea. There's no such thing as a new idea. So the reason people buy from you is because they're buying into you and they, lo- they like you and they trust you and they can relate to you rather than the exact thing you're offering. And I, when I started to do that, like I had to sit in a space where I'm like, you know what, I'm not just here about making the sales. Yes, I want to grow my business because it gives me my personal selfish goals. But the selfless goal side is I, I want to make an impact and I want people to feel better and like depends what your vision is and, and the impact you want to make. And 
I had to realize like, okay, if I genuinely want to make an impact, it's not about me, it's about who I can help. So I actually need to make quality relationships. So my agenda is always to make friendships and add value to people's lives. That's it. And, and it's so, it's actually, it's so easy. Like it actually makes your business easier when you just have the agenda to go make friends and add value to people's lives because you will then attract in the people who want what you have. So then I found that people were coming to me and saying like, Kim, like I need you in my life or I need what you have in my life. Can yep. you help me? Um, so yeah, building relationships is there's the strategy is, I wouldn't even say it's a strategy. It's like go build relationships and then work out your strategy on how you want to do that. Use social media, host events. That's kind of what I do. Um, I'm sure there's different ways as well for other different types of businesses. Yep. And uh, a good good little tool that I would recommend because this, this is the, like the paradox. I, I went down the, uh, the spammy route as well. And then I asked someone who's been in this game for ages. I'm like, Mary, what's the what's the secret? And she's like, just be a human. I'm like, oh fuck, all right. And uh, so a, a really good tool is how to win friends and influence people. Like that's such a good book. So many good things. But like you said, make it all about them, um, and it just makes stuff a lot lot easier. And especially yeah. when you like. Um, and, and, and continue on this relationship as well. I'm going to guess that's part of why you're successful. Like, okay, yes, they gave you money and then you didn't just leave them out cold, right? So you continue to nurture the relationship. And that's something I learned really, really like such a powerful principle with my clients this year is that you always want to be just like making sure that they are super happy all the time. I'll send them out gifts just to just say, thank you for your business. Um, yeah. So they know that I care and I, I didn't just write some emails and then left them by themselves. Well, this is, this is how like uh, I'm, you're making me, you're reminding me of something because there's been times where I'm like, but it's fucking hard sometimes. Like it can be tiring making new friends because if I didn't have this business, I have such a beautiful friendship circle. I have my best friends um, that are outside. I have friends outside of what I do and I love them dearly. And you get to an age where you realise quality over quantity anyway so I have had moments where I'm like, but I don't need new friends. Like I don't, like I'm tired. But what I was doing is I was trying to build relationships with every Tom, Dick and Harry out there. What I realized is yep. I need, I need to be around people like me. Like I need someone who's vibrating at my same energy. And this is where you've got to work out. Like I'm sure you've talked about it. Your target audience, your tribe. I talk it more about in tribe because I have incredible team and clients who I genuinely want to go down to the beach bar and have a wine with and we have, it's not even work where we, we would just have a deep, genuine conversation that's in our values, but they're also one of my clients or um, one of my team members. So yep. making sure your the relationships you're building are on tribe because then I do, I get energized and I want to like find these people in my life. I've had people come in where I've wanted to build a relationship their energy being so low. I was not so low. Like they're just in a different space and they're in a space where I felt like I was constantly, constantly trying to pull them up, but they weren't giving me equal value back. And that's where it gets tiring. And that's where we can feel like we want to give up and this is too hard. So we have to be very specific in what we want. And that's an okay thing. Otherwise, if we're not specific, we become a people pleaser and we become tired and burnt out. We can't do that. Otherwise we just won't have fun. 
Yeah, exactly. Like it just, it all comes down to, like you said, picking the dream customer, who you will and who you will not work for. And the best way to figure that is just to go out there and find out and just yeah. go out but there. But and- you know what? Look in the mirror. That's what I always say. In part of, I actually have an online coaching course. It's called the Stash Course, Secrets to a Successful Side Hustle, but it's a bit of a tongue twister. So it's called Stash. The Stash Course. Oh, I can't even say the acronym. The stash course. And in that, I literally go through one of the modules is I help people work out their tribe and their target audience and and build their identity and authentic brand. Because when you establish your identity in the marketplace or in the world, whatever you want to say, you realize who you want to attract back in. Like it, it is you. There's no point trying to find a tribe that you have not got the same values in because they you will be inauthentic. There'll be no integrity between what you're trying to offer and how you're trying to show up. Yeah. Yeah. We could go down a whole separate topic. I'm reading something really fascinating right now on, on being your authentic self, but being very congruent with what your values are when you're out there because there's so many bad horror stories of people breaking the congruency. But anyways, yeah. Kim, thanks so much, so much for coming on the show. We had a really good chat today, mainly about mindset. I love that sort of stuff. How can my audience best find you? And have you got a little freebie on offer? I do. Oh my gosh. I feel like we have so much that we could talk about that. Um, where, where can you find me? Instagram. Um, the, my Instagram handle will be in the show notes anyway, but it's, yep. I've got my personal yep. one, which is Kim Kent and then two underscores. Um, you can also, I've got two more Instagrams. I've got my own podcast, which is babe.youth.got.this. <laughs> and I was like thinking, Jules, do you want to jump on it? But I mainly interview women, but look, you know, you can be a babe. Can I be can I be the first masculine babe? <laughs> maybe, maybe. Why not? Why not? Um, and then I've got my brand, which is my online group coaching, which is abundance club underscore community. And gosh, I'm on Facebook too, but look, Instagram, I feel like Instagram's the place to be. And what was the last bit? Oh, free offer. If you yeah. go to what I do have for you guys, like if you just want, I'm, we talked a lot about business, but a lot with business comes health and mindset and you've got to get them under control and intact to really grow in your business. So I have a beautiful free ebook that is your, it's your self-love and wellness morning rituals. Now, if you're a dude listening in, like, I know it says self-love, but it's applicable to both male and females. My target audience. Yeah, it works. My target audience is mainly women. So that's why there's a bit of a feminine vibe to it. But if you go to www.abundanceclub.net and a pop-up subscribe box will pop up and it'll say subscribe to our mailing list and then you'll receive the ebook directly in your inbox. So, um, and you can start applying the 15-minute rituals to your mornings and it will literally transform the way you think, you feel, the way you show up for your business and so on. Yeah, so good. I absolutely test that because you guys know I used to be a PT and a group fitness instructor. I've been on a similar road as Kim and health is at the forefront of what I do because it just gives you the energy and the drive to keep going. So definitely check that out. Kim, thanks so much for coming on to Storytelling Secrets. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. It was so much fun. Okay, that is a wrap for this week's guest podcast. So you can find Kim's podcast, Babe, you've got this. You can also find her Instagram down below in the description. And a bit of housekeeping notes. I'll be doing the final solo show of 2020 this Monday. But 
I will keep having guest shows so you can have a little bit of a little bit of jewels and a little bit more value before the end of the year. That will be running uh, each week up until the end of the year and then I'll be going back to publishing uh, in the early new year. But other than that, thanks for tuning in. I'll see you Monday for that final solo show of 2020. It'll be a good one. See you later.